So as we mentioned, we celebrate today as we're wearing um, the rose-colored vestments, what's called Gaudate Sunday. It is the third Sunday of Advent as we approach the coming of our Lord. Um, why? Because it begins that time. Yes, in this sense, Advent is a penitential season. We've talked about that before. But in the midst of that penance, in the midst of the darkness, there is a light. That is the light of the rose-colored candle that we lit, which represents rejoice. The coming of the Lord is near. And we have it a similar in Lent. We also have what's called Laetare Sunday in the fourth Sunday of Lent in the similar way. Excitement, joy, because the Lord is near. And so Lent, although is mostly primarily penitential and Advent is primarily preparation, both have this time of rejoice. And that's what the rose represents today. <clears throat> and as I said, rejoice is the first part of the antiphon here today. So Christ is coming. Now, you've heard me say a couple times before, but I think it's worth uh, adding some things to this. And this is the difference between joy and happiness. There is a huge difference. And our secular culture has completely reversed the meaning. Okay. Um, happiness, as we've said before, is external. It's contingent on the situation. And if, if something goes well, I am happy. If something like I don't get the job that I'm interviewing for, or I get in a fender bender, now I got to pay to have the car repaired, I'm not happy. And so if that is the case, it's contingent. Happiness is contingent. And it's, in a sense, worldly. You've heard me say before, and, and we have uh, Brother Jacob with us, who's from Michigan, but he went to Alabama. And so Brother Jacob, I'm going to ask him, where is his loyalty? So, <laughs> so I will be happy if Michigan beats Alabama. And, and I'm going to tell Brother Jacob he will be too. <laughs> but <laughs> even though he's an Alabama grad. But <clears throat> that is just an external happiness. That is not a fulfillment. Now, joy, on the other hand, is a state of being. That is, if you are joyful, you are joyful no matter what the circumstance. So, for instance, if you are truly joyful, you will not get discouraged or despair when you face a cross. Instead, you will embrace it. Not easy to do, I understand. But you will embrace it knowing that suffering is redemptive. This is why so many people, I was just at the hospital uh, a couple days ago, uh, once with Erin, her mother-in-law who passed away, God rest her soul, we anointed her the night before she passed. And then um, Judy, just uh, yesterday with uh, her husband who was in for surgery. And I was listening as I was out in the lobby to um, a conversation. You can't help, I mean, it's not that you're trying to eavesdrop, but you just can't help but overhearing. And I overheard one young lady talking to her spouse about wishing the suffering 
of her father would end and just let the doctors know that it's okay to put him to sleep. That's the term you use for an animal. And I, I, I wanted to insert myself into the conversation. I had to pull myself back. I was praying to the Lord. Do I insert myself into this conversation? Do I not insert myself into this conversation? 95% of the time I do. Um, but this time I just prayed for God's grace to enlighten them, to, to enlighten them the fact that yes, nobody wants suffering, but sometimes God allows it because it may be needed for the salvation of that soul. And we are not the ones, and I mean this with all due reverence, to pull the plug. We are not the ones to do that. Now, the church doesn't teach that you have to forcefully keep extraordinary means of life support. That's not church teaching. But on basic things like a feeding tube or basic care, even if somebody is suffering, that might be God's allowing them to have suffering be redemptive for the salvation of their soul. And so this is, this is important for us to note. Um, you know, even in the midst of that suffering, if you have joy, you will not despair. You will find joy in all occasions. It's not an emotion. Happiness is an emotion, okay? You're happy if you win bingo or, or whatever it is. Happiness is an emotion, and that's fine. Emotions are part of us. But just like love, joy goes deeper. Love is not an emotion. You've heard me say that before. Love is a decision, an act of the will. I choose to love you no matter what, through thick and thin, through better or worse, for richer or for poorer. That's what your vows are. But yet every divorce that I've come across or counseled was based on emotion. Now, there were a couple that were not, and I, I, so I don't want to always say always, but a majority are based on emotion. Love is not an emotion. Emotions go up and down like a Richter scale. If that was the case, no marriage would last. Everybody's going to have difficulties. But it is a decision that I choose to love you no matter what, through the good and the bad. As I always use the example, no parent feels like getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning to change a dirty diaper. No parent jumps for joy, or should say, is happy, right? Instead, they do it because they love the child. They make the decision. And so this is what love is. It's interior. Happiness is exterior. And this is why there are so many divorces today. You know, on a talk a couple years ago, I mentioned a, a, a shocking statistics that I saw regarding the year 1962. And I always said, I thought, the United States and the world really fell apart after the death of John F. Kennedy. But then I learned there was something that happened the year before the death of John F. Kennedy. And that was something that is very um, troubling, but very enlightening. Do you know, in 1962, aggravated assaults or violent crimes were very low and even on the decline. After 1962, they skyrocketed. Do you know that 
1962 on wed pregnancies were very low and, in fact, even on the decline, very low on wed pregnancies. After 1962, unwed pregnancies skyrocketed. Divorce, very uncommon in 1962. After 1962, the divorce rate skyrocketed. Now, what is it that happened in 1962 that caused the divorce rate to skyrocket? Unwed pregnancies, violent crimes. It's when they took prayer out of the schools. The official ruling of the Supreme Court that removed prayer from the schools. And so then the world without prayer turns to what? Emotion. If you're not going to hold to the truth, you got nothing left but emotion. And so all of a sudden, emotions, what happens? Violent crimes is an emotional response. You, you, you upset me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt you. Emotions, the passions of lust, they take over. So now we have unwed pregnancy skyrocketing. Divorce, not a commitment, not a decision, but an emotion, so I want a divorce. And so this is what has happened in our culture. And this is a very big problem. Therefore, we can't look at the emotion of things. We must look at the interior. The emotion is the exterior. We look into the interior. Only God can fill us. It's like, the, the, you've heard me say, the wedding jars at Cana. You must empty yourself out so that God can fill you with the wine of the Holy Spirit. This is what we need to do. This is what will bring to true joy. That's why John the Baptist is a great example. Who was John the Baptist? He was a herald of the truth. John the Baptist didn't worry about your emotions. Did he worry about the emotions of Herod? No, and it cost him his head. John the Baptist was more worried about the truth, wasn't worried about the emotions. And this is why in our culture today we can't speak the truth because we might offend someone. Well, if you really love someone, you're going to be more worried about their eternal salvation than anything else. And this is why John the Baptist was the herald of the truth. And yet, today, we're afraid to be a herald of the truth. We can only be fulfilled if we follow the truth. Do you know Herod and Herodias? Do you know when John the Baptist called them out for the truth? They knew it. John or uh, Herod knew the truth and he couldn't face it. This is why he was so agitated. How did he act? Violent crime had John beheaded. And so what happens is, is we react. Do you know both Herodias and Herod committed suicide? John the Baptist brought the truth. He died in peace because he knew the truth. Herod and Herodias could not live in joy. They had that eternal, they, they knew they were living a lie. This is why in our culture today, those don't understand we can't force a lie. You cannot tell a lie, live a lie, be built on a lie, and find joy. You cannot. This is why there is so much unhappiness with even people who make the decisions on things like transgenderism. All the statistics show that they're troubled. Pray. These are, these are our brothers and sisters that we must love, 
not reject, but in love we give them the truth. And so even amongst same-sex relationships, the amount of infidelity is triple heterosexual relationships. Why? Because there's a struggle with the truth. And so in the world of wokeism, we're doing an injustice. We're doing an injustice to the people by trying to let them think a lie is good. John the Baptist said, you must follow the truth. And so this is, this is in my opinion, why Islam is so angry. Islam is so angry and just wants to, to harm and kill anyone who does not follow. Again, that's because they know in their heart that there's something about Christianity that's right, so let's exterminate it. Our courts know there's something right with Catholicism. That's why they want to exterminate it. And so we have to realize this. So, you know, be filled. You know, gift, the gifts of Christmas are beautiful. They're good, but they're not going to fulfill us. The only time that we are truly fulfilled is when we know and, and, and achieve that for which we were created. You know, Thomas Aquinas, who we learned in seminary, is a great saint, a great saint to follow. And he said, all of us are seeking joy. And that's why we turn to carnal pleasures if we don't have God, because we're looking for fulfillment. So if we're all seeking joy, but we don't have God, we'll turn to carnal pleasures. You know, the telos, that's another thing we learned in theology. What is telos? It's a Greek word for um, basically something becoming what it was created to be. Here, I'm gonna take you back to seminary again. This is philosophy. Basically this, there are two perfections in any given thing. The fact that it exists and the fact that it becomes what it was created to be. So, I always use the example of an acorn or a kitten. The fact that a kitten exists is the first perfection. It exists. The fact that a tree exists is a first perfection. But when it becomes what it was meant to be, it reaches a greater perfection, a second perfection. So when a kitten becomes a cat, it has received its second and greater perfection, its telos. It has become what it was created to be. When an acorn becomes an oak tree, it has fulfilled its telos. It has become what it is created to be. It is greater. And I'll finish with this. This is why Father Seraphim shocked the world when he said Divine Mercy Sunday is greater than Easter. I don't go that far. You've heard me say this before. Because the octave of Easter, all eight days are one, with Easter Sunday being the first day of the octave and Divine Mercy Sunday being the eighth day of the octave. They are all one day. So I don't go as far as Father Seraphim. I say they are one day celebrated all together. But Father Seraphim he showed me that it's not him who came up with this. It was St. Gregory of Nazianzus. It was St. Um, Augustine that said the eighth day is actually, St. Thomas, the apostle, eighth day is actually greater than the first day. The first day, the octave of Easter, the eighth day is Divine Mercy Sunday. He said it's actually greater. Why? Because Easter Sunday, Jesus opened the door to heaven. Heaven now exists for everyone.
But will everyone find it? Will everyone go through that door? Unfortunately, no. On the eighth day, we enter into eternity. And on that eighth day, when we enter into heaven, we have now been or are what we were created to be. Our fulfillment, our telos. What was your Baltimore catechism? Why were you created? To know God, love him, and serve him, and be happy on this earth, but joyful for the rest of eternity with God in heaven. And so when you walk through that door of heaven, you have now fulfilled the reason that you were created, to be with God forever. That perfection is actually greater than the first. Together, they can't exist without each other. And so this is the meaning of joy. When we have fulfilled what we were created to be, and today we celebrate that joy, let us rejoice because that process has begun and we're shortly going to receive the coming of our Savior. And then that joy can be a state of being through all the ups and downs, the goods and the bads, that joy, if it is your base, is real. And that joy is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we want to continue to lie to ourselves, we'll never be joyful. We can be happy with a few material goods, but that won't last long. We must find that interior, and only God can fill it. And so now the rest of Lent, empty yourself so that you can be filled with Christ as he's coming shortly. As the android said, rejoice. God bless you. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. 
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.